welcome to another episode of the Soul Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Beltoff, and I'm so happy that you are here with me. This podcast comes directly from my heart, and it is where I share stories so that you know, recognize, and truly realize you are not alone. You're not. We are in this together. Yep, that's right. We are. Which is why it is not only a podcast, but there is also a community space that you can come and hang out with me in. It is so wonderful over there, and I can't wait to be with you. You can learn more about it in the link below or on my website, jenniferbeltoff.com. Now let's jump in to this week's episode, shall we? Big things have been happening around here. We are clearing out my childhood home because my dad is moving out. He has probably lived there, gosh, if I were to take a guess, for over 40 years, which is just wild when you think about it. It has been seven years since my mom has been there with him. And it was oh, the place that I grew up in. And when my mom was alive, it really felt like an open door policy kind of place where I would stop by to say hello. She would always tell me, always, no matter what I was coming by for, whether it be a party, a barbecue, or just to hang out, she would always say, bring your laundry <laughs> because Otherwise, I was collecting my quarters and washing them, you know, at my apartment, and it was quite annoying. So she knew and always encouraged me to bring it, which was amazing. She had us over for barbecues all of the time. She would always cook us our favorite meal for our birthdays and invite everyone over to enjoy it. And she just loved having us together, whether we were just hanging out in the backyard coming together for a game night, whatever it was. My mom really absolutely was the glue that held our family together. She was. And when she left, there was this feeling in that house that shifted. It didn't, it didn't feel like that open door policy anymore, even though my dad was still living there. There was something about when my mom was there that I just felt like I could walk right in. I didn't even need to ring the bell, let her know I was coming. It could be any time, day or night, and I can just walk through that door. But when it was just him, I felt, you know, the need to call, the need to knock, make sure that he knew I was coming. And I don't know why. That was probably, you know, just on me, but it, it felt like a shifted energy. Now, here we are. Seven years after my mom's passing, and he's leaving that home. After those 40-something years. And think about it, that's 40 years of things collected. Stuff that you tucked into corners and forgot about. <laughs> things that oh, have been sitting in storage and boxes, and you don't even know what's in them. 40 years of things. Years ago, my grandma, my mom's mom, was moving into an assisted living. So we had to clean out her home. And I don't even know, gosh, how long she was there for. 
but it was just filled with things. And I remember my mom saying to all of us, she goes, if grandma gives you something, you take it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you do with it. But you say, thank you so much. I love this. You bring it home with you. I don't care if you toss it in the trash as soon as you get home, but get it out of her house because she has so much stuff. And now I can see why my mom said that because she herself had so much stuff. My mom was the things person in the house. I guess that's the best way to put it. She had decorations for every holiday. And when I say every holiday, I mean every holiday, whether it be Christmas where she went all out or St. Patrick's Day where pretty much the same, (laughs) she kind of went all out as well. She loved putting up things for holidays and had many cute little things to put up, even just paper, four-leaf clovers, whatever it was. There was so so many decorations. Knickknacks to decorate the house with. Shells. Oh, my goodness. So many shells. There are shell mirrors. There are wreaths. There is a shell lamp, you know? And she held on to our memories. There's letters there that we wrote when we were kids, school projects, photos, so many photos, tons of crafting supplies. I uncovered a dress that my grandma had made me that I wore when I was little and so cute because then I also found a picture of me wearing the dress, which was adorable. Nutcrackers, another thing my mom loved to collect was nutcrackers. And she had them up all year because she had so many. (laughs) They were always around. And then during Christmas time, she took out even more. Christmas was definitely her absolute favorite holiday, especially when it came to decorating. She even had themed trees. I remember one year she had done one all in shells that we had found when me, her, and two of my aunts went to Sanibel Island. And we collected the most incredible shells on that trip. They were amazing. And we brought back so many of them and had a craft night and created really cool ornaments. And one year, the entire tree was just filled with these shell ornaments. There was also a patriotic-themed tree, which if you knew my mom, you knew she was so patriotic. So it was filled with flags and red, white, and blue ribbons and anything red, white, and blue. And it was spectacular, so spectacular. But those were her things, you know? My dad didn't care much about it. I'm sure he loved seeing some of these things, but after she passed, he didn't touch any of that stuff. He didn't put out the decorations. I think he only put up a Christmas tree one time, which was the year that she had passed. And we had all went over and put out and decorated the tree with those shell ornaments. But after that, he wasn't taking the time to do that. Not like my mom would have. In our home, we have an attic. It's the kind of attic, though, where the stairs pull down from the ceiling. And he had said that he had never gone up there after she had passed away. So seven years, things were just sitting there. And goodness, I don't even know probably the last time he went in there when she was here. But it was her, you know, going up there and 
storing the things and putting things up there is all her. When we went up there now, oh my goodness, there's just an epic amount of dust from things sitting there for seven years. So we've been helping him clear it out. Me doing not so much since he's banning me from lifting anything, but I'm trying to do my part and help where I can. But as I'm back there in my childhood home, in upstairs where, you know, I haven't really been upstairs in a while, it's just unearthing all of these memories, bringing back even like the tiniest of memories about living there and pieces of furniture. One thing in particular is desks. (laughs) I know it sounds so silly. But growing up, I always wanted a desk in my room. It felt like something I needed to have. I don't know why. I just really, really wanted one. And so there were these three desks in particular that I vividly remember. One was just a standard white wooden desk with two drawers on the side and one in the middle. There was another cool one, which I love so much. Because it was one where it had kind of that roll top. So you could roll it open and then roll it closed. Very small, you know, not much space inside. But I thought it was so cool that you could roll it open and closed. And then there was another one that was really mostly just like a flat space with one draw in the middle. But it was a corner desk. So it slid perfectly into whatever corner that I wanted to put it in. And I had a super tiny room growing up, but I loved to rearrange my furniture. (laughs) There's really not many places I could put things, but I found ways to move things around and everything felt fresh and new. And one thing in particular I would do is switch out these desks. You know, I would use one for a while and then switch out to the new one. And it just made my room feel completely brand new. And it amazes me now, like thinking back, what a hassle it had to have been for my mom to move that desk up and down into the attic. Again, those stairs pulling down from the ceiling, moving this piece of furniture into the attic. Not easy, but she would always do it for me, always. And allow myself to be creative and shift my furniture and find little ways to make my room and my space my own. And she never, ever, like, had anything really off limits. She gave us full expression for whatever we wanted to do, whether it was hanging up posters or even painting the walls. We had painted the walls this sea foam green color once and got these huge giant sponges and with purple and yellow and blue, like, made these sponge prints all over the walls. I mean, wild. (laughs) I don't even know where this idea came from. She was all in for it. And she was right there, you know, doing it with me. It was incredible. Standing in that empty childhood room, it felt so tiny. When I was a kid, I mean, it felt massive, right? But I guess everything (laughs) when you're young feels huge and massive. But the memories, they just flood in from everywhere. 
I remember one morning waking up in that tiny childhood room and could not find my blanket, my comforter, which I mean, a comforter is a pretty decent size, even on a small twin bed. I like looked on the side. Did it like get shoved down against the wall? Where could it possibly have gone? And then I peek out my window and right outside of my window was a small little roof ledge that led to the down. That was like the roof of the downstairs bathroom. And it just happened to be wintertime and it was snowing. And there it was. My comforter was stuck on the roof in the snow. Somehow, some way in the night, I slept walk, which I did often as a kid. And I don't even know why, but I decided to throw my comforter out the window. Close the window and everything. And gosh, crazy. Like to just remember this and go back to that moment. And that same window was a window when I was in high school. One of my friends was throwing rocks at my window at night to get my attention. Again, no cell phones <laughs> during this time. We couldn't just text each other and say, hey, come outside, got something to tell you. But she wasn't there to see me. She had a huge crush on my brother. <laughs> and that's why she was throwing rocks because she thought that was his room. <laughs> Interesting, right? And that house, I got to tell you, is a, a very unique setup. I don't know how we made it work, but the only bathroom that has a shower is the one in my parents' room. And here we are, three boys, me, my parents, somehow, some way, we, we made it work. I don't know how. I couldn't imagine being my parents and having to be annoyed by us every morning before school, getting up and jumping into the shower. Right? Like, how do we make, and even I remember coming home when I was older, like late from sports or work and jumping in the shower, but they were sleeping. But never once, you know, did they say anything? And it's a tiny home. It was three bedrooms. And growing up, I shared a bedroom with my brother for a while. Until I was old enough, being the only girl, I got my own bedroom, which was huge. And that was where I did all my furniture shifting. And my oldest brother went down into the basement. And I loved, goodness, loved having my own room because now it was like my little sanctuary. And I could hide things away from my brother that I didn't want them to see, like my journal. <laughs> I loved it. And even when I moved back home after taking off. I was back there again, sharing a room, sleeping in a bunk bed with my younger brother. That home was, it was a safe haven. It was a place that no matter what you did, what happened, you could always return to. And it packs a lifetime, a lifetime of memories. I remember when I was younger and we had a babysitter and still to this day, I have no idea how this happened, but somehow in the living room, chocolate milk splattered on the wall. I didn't even notice it. I don't even know how, what, what even occurred, but my mom saw it. And for some reason I got in trouble for it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, no idea how it ended up there. 
but I was in trouble for that chocolate milk splattered on the wall. When we got new carpet, we had to now, no longer were we allowed to come in the front door. We had to come in the back door and take off our shoes. Always. And that back door never locked, ever. You never had to worry about taking a key because you could just come home and walk in the back door. (laughs) I couldn't even imagine doing that today. But that's how it was back then. We also had a tiny, super tiny hallway that led from the living room to the kitchen. And you know, boys will be boys. My brothers were playing football in that tiny little hallway and one of them smashed their head (laughs) through the front door. So many memories. And it's not only memories in the house, but also just memories of living and growing up on that block. It was such a great neighborhood when I was growing up. We had a ton of kids that we all gathered outside and played together. Right around the corner, I had a dear friend, Jenna. And we would always like cut through the neighbor's yard for us to like get to each other's homes. You know, not even thinking about or worrying about going through someone else's yard. We just did it. It was okay back then. And in her front lawn, she had this huge, huge, giant pine tree that you could climb underneath. And then it kind of opened up inside. And we hung out in there, oh, so many times. It was like the secret little hideaway. And I always felt that it was the coolest, coolest place. My brothers and I, we were outside all of the time. We would be riding our bikes up and down the block with the other kids, playing Spud. Who remembers playing Spud? Such a fun game. (laughs) Manhunt, that was another big one. And we would be out there until our mom would scream down the block that it was time for dinner. And then even after dinner, head right back out to play. It was the best, the absolute best. When I was real little, and because my parents' house is so old, the stairs to go upstairs are super narrow. And I was running up the stairs, putting my hands one hand in front of the other. And I slid and knocked out my two front teeth. They just went straight out. And I remember going to have to get it fixed. And when I got back, I was not allowed to go outside and play, even though every other kid on the block and my brothers were out there playing. And I sat in a little chair in front of the window, just watching them. <laughs> so sad that I couldn't be out there with them. My mom felt so bad for me. She got me a chocolate shake <laughs> to try to make up for it. Just being back there and knowing that, like, this is the end. This is the end for 316 William Street. We will never be back there together as a family. There won't be another barbecue or birthday celebration or holiday that's it you know someone else is going to make memories there but clearing everything out being there just all of the memories have flooded back and it feels so different cleaning out the home with just my dad and not that I really even ever like imagined cleaning out that house (laughs) and just kind of You know, it was never really a thought in it. But I see so many things that my mom treasured 
all of those decorations, all of those things that she loved, that she used, that she held dear. And just seeing it be trashed, it just, it feels a little strange. But at the same time, I mean, all of us, we have our own stuff. There's only so many things you can have, right? We have all our own collections of things that we don't need more. We have all, of course, taken things that mean something to us. But gosh, she had so much. And she used all of it. You know, throughout the year, she pulled these things out. Seeing, though, also how much stuff she did have, it is inspiring me to clean out my own things. Because you look around and it's like, what am I holding on to? What can I let go of? That box that's in the corner of my closet that I haven't opened since we moved in, do I really need the things in there? And if I really do love them, maybe I should bring them out and rotate them and, you know, enjoy them rather than them just sitting there, deep inside there. This time, though, oh, it also really makes my heart ache for my mom. Her anniversary of her death is June 5th, which is right around the corner. And here we are, you know, seven years. My dad's moving. Dustin and I are bringing a new life into this world. So many changes. So many things happening. And it's really a reminder of how precious this time is. And you think, you know, all those moments in that house, you know, they were ordinary. They were mundane. There were those moments when I was just fighting with my brothers or fighting with my parents or having to sit at the dining room table and be there by myself because I needed to finish my dinner. And goodness, I didn't like steak and it took me forever to chew, but I wasn't allowed to get up till I finished. And there I was, hours <laughs> finishing that meal. So many things, right? And all of these memories, even the ones that kind of drove us crazy in the moment, when you look back on them, they fill your heart with so much gratitude for just having had had them happen. And it's a real true reminder that our next moment is not guaranteed. We think it is. We, you know, think we're going to be here for so long. We surround ourselves with things. We fill our homes and our lives with these collections or things that we like to look at or we like to do. But really, you know, what truly matters is the people. The ones that we love, the ones that we want to be around. That's what really matters in the end. All this other stuff, the 75 pairs of shoes <laughs> that my dad found in my mom in the attic. Yeah, I'm sure they brought her joy when she was wearing them. But what happens to them? They just end up in the dumpster. They end up getting donated. You know, it's just things. What's really important is for us to spend time together with one another, to make those memories, and to go through oh, 
the gamut of emotions where you laugh together, cry together, fight, all of it. But where you're really, truly present with each other. And it's so quick nowadays where we're not present, where rather than be with the people that we're with in the room, we just pick up a phone and we're totally disconnected. But what about those nights when the power went out? And we grabbed our flashlights and put on the candles and played board games. Those were the best of times. And it was nothing fancy. Nothing fancy at all. Or when we had our pop-up camper. And we used it when we went camping. But then in the summer, our parents would open it up and we were allowed to sleep out there. And how cool was that? And amazing. And we loved every moment of it. Just being in our own backyard on the driveway, in the pop-up camper. Oh, all the good, all the bad, the fighting, the tears, (laughs) but then the laughter, all of the memories. And we have all of it because that's what it means to walk on a journey with someone side by side, to be in the thick of it, through everything. And my mom really was as I said, that glue that held us all together. She was the one who, even though she had all this stuff, what mattered most to her above anything else was putting her family first and just simply being together. Not doing anything fancy, not going anywhere fancy, just together in the backyard, roasting marshmallows, eating hamburgers off of paper plates. The best of times. All she wanted was for us to be together. And she was the one who made those moments happen by constantly inviting us over, making sure that we carved out that time and didn't get too swept away with life to forget to spend time with each other. And after her passing, there was that huge hole. And, you know, she wasn't there making sure we got together. And it's a hole that personally I I try to fill, but I'm not so sure I do the best of job at it. She just really had such a great knack for it. But, gosh... Being there, being surrounded by all the memories, having so many things flood back, it really inspires me to keep pushing for that, to continue to bring us together for even the smallest of moments. Because that is what truly matters. And it doesn't have to be this magical, created thing. It's just, come over for pizza. Let's play a board game. And I want to do more of that. You know, spend more time with family. So important. And so that's kind of where I am. I'm deep in these memories. Cherishing so many of them. We have now bins and bins of photographs to go through. And I went through just like a little bit as I was collecting them in my father's house. 
And oh, it's so cool to see. You know, those pictures of when we were little. And finally, after all this time, <laughs> I've been asking my dad, what time was I born? What time was I born? He's like, I have no idea. Do you think it was in the morning? Do you think it was at night? Hmm, no idea. <laughs> well, there it was. I found my baby book at home and I learned that I was born around 1030. I think it was 1023 to be exact. But, oh, you know, that's a question. If I would have asked my mom, she would have knew right away. <laughs> but what a gift to have found my baby book and to now learn the time that I was born and to have all these pictures and all these memories. Another thing we have that I want to figure out how we can watch them is we have so many old movies. Some of them are on VHSs, not that I even have a VHS player, but could probably get one. But then the others are like the smaller video cassettes that you would like put in to a larger VHS to watch. I don't know if any of you remember that. Those were with the big camcorders and it had the kind of mini tapes. And I would love, oh my goodness, love more than anything to watch them. Because what would be so special about them is the pictures are great to see. But to be able to hear our voices, especially to hear my mom's voice, oh, that would be amazing. So I'm going to try to, to figure that out and see how we can watch those. But yeah. I'm deep in the memories, really missing my mom and just filled also with so much gratitude, gratitude for the memories that I have, even the hard ones, you know, those times when we weren't getting along, those times when maybe my brother was pulling my hair, you know, the fighting, all of it, just grateful for all of it because everything has really shaped who I am today. That tiny little house with one bathroom shaped who I am today. It really did. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be living so close to my brothers and my dad and my nieces and nephews that we can spend time together, that we have that opportunity to do that. And so I'm cherishing all of it, all of it. Even as the waves of sadness come, there is also that joy of the beautiful beautiful memories. Oh, it's crazy, right? You know, thinking of my childhood home being someone else's childhood home. And you wonder, what are they going to do with that? It definitely needs a lot of work. <laughs> What's going to happen to that house? What will it look like when this new family moves in? Hmm. Oh, I am so grateful for you too, for you being here and being a part of this journey. And before we part ways, of course, I want to leave you with some sort of a writing prompt. And because all of these memories have been coming back up for me, I want you to take a look back at your past. And maybe it's your childhood. Maybe it's just from a few years ago. But think of a memory, a good memory, one that you love and cherish and write about it. Write about it in the most vivid detail that you can. What did it sound like? What did it taste like? Who was with you? Where were you? 
What did you feel? What did you touch? All of it. Begin with the words, I remember, and see where it takes you. And again, have it be the most juicy, beautiful, wonderful memory, one that makes you happy. Let's travel down the happy memory lane right now, shall we? And then just go hug all your people and love up on them because this time is so precious. Be together. Mm, I send you so much love and so much gratitude. Thank you for being here. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. And I look forward to chatting with you then. Until then, have a wonderful week and we will talk soon. 